The following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast by thepilotreport.com about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode number 38, the 12 flights of Christmas, FAA Met Express, iFlyBlog.com, and more coming up now on this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. But wait, there's more. Join us after our picks of the week for a very special holiday song. Now, here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville. Rick Felty, Carl Valeri, and Len Costa. Hello and welcome back to this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast, episode number 38. I'm your host, Len Costa. Joining me on the show today are my favorite group of aviation zealots. Yay. Start. <laughs> Rick's always excited. Yay. Yay. I just, yeah. I have a little machine here. I don't here know that what a zealot is. <laughs> I press a button and it just says yay. It's my yay button. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. Starting with our first uh, zealot of the day is Mr. Carl Valeri. How are you today, Carl? I'm doing wonderful. I got to hang around airplanes, so I truly wasn't a zealot for today for the aviation world. What were you What were you doing hanging was, around these airplanes? I was hanging around the, uh, actually, I was hanging around JFK, and I got to see the Singapore Airlines A380, and then today I went over to, to a Newark airport and hung out there. So I was kind of doing some of that plane watching, you know, it was cool watching them take off and land. Right. Very awesome. They're big. The uh, yeah, the 380 <laughs> is a massive, massive bird, massively massive. Yeah. All right, and uh, speaking, let's go uh, with the the usual rounds. Where are you in the world today? Are you on the road? Are you at home? Are you in one of your many uh, hideouts and underground lairs? Where are you? I actually, uh, I am in New Jersey in an underground lair right now. Um, I'm actually in the. Uh, in my brother's uh, basement here, he keeps me locked down here so I can work on the podcast. But, <laughs> Give you uh, bread and water. Wow. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> two cups of coffee. <laughs> it's way too much coffee. It's like a History Channel made-for-TV movie. <laughs> it is. But I'm truly the podcaster in the basement today. So. Well, that's not necessarily, you're not necessarily the only one, but we'll get to that here in just a moment. But uh, moving on to our next aviation zealot, Miss Victoria Zyko. Welcome. How are Hello. you? Hello. Um, just to warn you, if I get really silent throughout <laughs> recording, I am laying down by the fireplace recording, <laughs> and it is so comfortable. So if you hear snoring or don't hear me at all, She's send someone over to poke or me. Or falling asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but keep it interesting. Well, sure, absolutely. It must be getting cold on that mountaintop there in Frederick then if you're running the fireplace today. Yeah, it's usually about like 5 to 10 degrees colder up here, so... Not fun. Not, not fun. Did I just snort? Oh my God. Anyway. Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> enough, enough fun for one day. Uh, our uh, next aviation zealot, Mr. Rick Felty. How are you? Oh, sorry. Fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm here snorting. I just in, had to join. Yeah, snort, snorting uh, live tonight from Natick, Massachusetts. Natick, Mass. Wonderful. And I'm uh, Len Costa, joining you from my underground lair, also known as the Man Cave, down here in the Chicago suburbs, sitting here at the uh, perched upon the bar uh, with my uh, 
uh, beverages and my setup. And we have quite a lineup for you today. Let's do the pre-flight. As a matter of fact, starting with what is to be a long but quick list of announcements before we do get onto the show topics today. Starting uh, with Mr. Valeri, please tell us about your uh, aviation event. Oh, aviation events uh, coming up. If you can make it down to Fort Myers, uh, Florida on January 19th, 2013, that's coming up at the JetBlue Stadium Park. And Rick says it's a really cool looking park. They uh, they will have this event called American Heroes Air Show. And American Heroes Air Show is an event uh, of all helicopters. And it's just so that people can see the dynamic role of uh, helicopters in law enforcement, fire protection, and uh, also obviously the military. It's a really neat event. And, and since they're helicopters, they can do it in a stadium. They're doing it at the JetBlue uh, Stadium there in Fort Myers. And Rick, that's a cool place, isn't it? Yeah, brand new, and it is—it's really nice. I mean, it's—it's uh, it's, it's got elements that are reminiscent of um, Fenway, um, and you know the Green Monster and all that stuff, and um, and and yet it's modern and open, and the you know so it's it's very cool. And and we had yeah we had a great day, a couple of days there shooting a commercial a year ago. So, but it's brand brand new, so you'll love it. Yeah, it's right there on Fenway South Drive in Fort Myers. Imagine that. Yeah, there and you go. I wonder how God's name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Long it's, baseball it's, team, but that's okay. Yeah, no, it's very cool. Hmm. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun place to see it. It's fairly close oh, to, yeah, the air, to the airport down there, I think. I don't. Is it? Well, look, look. Well, check that out because I think I think it is, and I think um, so. It'll be makes them for some interesting uh, patterns. So you can fly in and and yeah. uh, and see. It's not yeah, far at all. You cool. could fly and rent a car and drive right over. It's 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 pretty close. That's awesome. nice. Yeah. All right, January nineteenth, two thousand thirteen. I'm going to try to make it down there, so hopefully I'll see some folks there. Yes. Awesome. Excellent. So uh, the other, excuse me, other items, uh, we have made actually one announcement just recently that we have the uh, unique opportunity of interviewing Mr. Uh, John Ponce of Flying Wild Alaska fame. Turns out there was some uh, things going on up in the unpredictable Alaskan tundra, and Mr. Ponce got called out for a aircraft um, aircraft retrieval. And so uh, basically at this, I'm just making the announcement that since we delayed the interview with John Ponce, that you guys can continue submitting your questions either through Facebook or Twitter, or uh, you can send them to us at stuckmikeavcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions for John, and we will definitely ask them uh, on the air during the interview, which will be on the next show. And that will air on, uh, let's see, it's going to be New Year's Day 2013. So uh, send us your questions. The next announcement is uh, regarding a pick of the week that I recently did. It was an application for the iOS device called Social Flight. Now, I just received a press release from Social Flight that they've released their version 2.0. And they've now reached over 10,000 users and 3,000 events in just under four months when the application and, and the service was released. Now, this version makes it possible for pilots to network with other pilots who share common interests of aircraft, chat, share photos, organize attendance at local events, stuff like that. It's basically, uh, it's giving you more ability to interact and share. And um, they're really excited about this version of the application. Uh, the, it goes on to say that we believe that providing pilots with a great resource to see all the wonderful events going on around them, they'll fly more and strengthen general aviation 
And I certainly agree. So if you don't, haven't checked out that application before, it's called Social Flight. Version uh, 2.0 has just been released, and it has now some of these uh, advanced features that we were just talking about. The next item on the lineup is actually something going on over at Sun and Fun. And what they're doing this year is an event called the 12 Flights of Christmas. And it's being, uh, like I said, it's being made available by Sun and Fun. And it's basically an opportunity for children between the age of 8 and 18 years old to submit a very short uh, essay of basically why actually uh, the parent, excuse me, the parent will submit an essay on their child's behalf on basically stating why they think that their child deserves an exciting flight in the sky. And what's going to happen is starting on, uh, starting in the middle of December here, they're going to start uh, announcing winners all the way through, uh, uh, let's see, the uh, start on, excuse me, the entries will be accepted through December 20th. And by December 28th, the 12 individuals will be selected to go on one of these uh, free flights. So if you're looking for a unique present for your child or uh, you know, something that you want to, uh, uh, again, a unique experience, I'll put the, uh, the link in the show notes because it's quite ugly. But uh, you can check that out, and that closes on December 20th. That should be something cool to check out. The next item is another Sun and Fun related issue, uh, excuse me, not issue, but uh, item. And that is that the st- they've put together a video to kind of tell the story of Sun and Fun. And this video, this particular recent video that, uh, that they sent me is focusing on youth aviation, talking about some of the programs they have going on at Sun and Fun, some of the highlights of the Lakeland, Florida area. Again, I'll put this link in the show notes because it's a video over on YouTube. But you should check that out if your children are interested or you think they may become interested in aviation. There are a lot of unique experiences for youth uh, and not just, uh, you know, at the Sun and Fun event, but also some really cool things and features in the Lakeland, Florida area to um, to help promote youth aviation. So that's the the uh, that item. And the finally, the last one, I told you there was a lot, but it was quick. Today is... Um, the first time I'm actually making this announcement, but we did uh, a couple of months ago add an op- a, a telephone number for you for listeners to call in and leave us a voicemail, submit questions, feedback. We've made it even one step easier. You don't even have to pick up the phone anymore. Just visit the website stuckmikeavcast.com. On the right-hand side of the website, you're going to see a uh, it's basically a gray tab that says send us a voicemail. You click on that, and it will access your computer's microphone. You hit the record button, you say whatever you want to say, you hit submit, we get an email, voila, and uh, we can take care, you know, answer your questions, answer them up, play your questions on the air, anything like that. But uh, if you're interested wow. in sending us feedback via voice, that function is now wow. on the website. Wow, you, that's like massive rooms of computers to make that happen. It was. I've been yeah. very busy, which is why I haven't been on Facebook. Nicely done. Um, yes. <laughs> been a lot of things going on. Can we get some more solder and a soldering gun for Mr. Yes. Mr. Please. And, and I literally pulled all of my hair out because I am bald. So it was a long process. Wow. So and, please uh, leave us a message because yes, otherwise please. Len's, Len's <laughs> my, hard work with the mainframe computers will go to waste. And my hair suffered in vain for no reason. <laughs> Now entering cruise flight. So moving on to what we're going to kind of spend some time chatting about today, and that is uh, a, a relatively new 
portion of getting your FAA medical, either uh, first-time issuance or renewed. And so what's recently been going on is, as some of you who've uh, been following the show for a while now, I just, uh, a couple of months ago, upgraded from first officer to captain at the airline. And so in that requires me to maintain a first-class medical for the ATP pilot and command privileges. And I got that medical just before I went to class in the uh, in the summertime. And so I was just thinking, you know, my gosh, December's rolling around the corner, and I think I might be coming up on that six-month uh, six renewal for the first-class medical. But I had remembered that within um, – well, actually, Carl, you sent me some information. I guess it was this year, in fact, that the regulation changed. Was it this year? Yeah, it actually was updated. Uh, oh, gosh, now it was – where's the date on this? Uh, Something 2012. It amended on the 11th, blah, blah, blah. Effective, well, effective day was October. Okay. But I think, yeah. So it's still relatively new. So what's going on here is is basically in this, you know, kind of uh, realization of myself, oh my gosh, do I have to go get another medical this month or am I still good? And I was doing some research and uh, I think we may have mentioned it briefly on some of the other shows, but there was some change in the regulations that essentially has extended each, th- each of the three classes of medicals to a, a new uh, length of uh, validity. And there, there's, some, uh, there's a couple of you know, fine points to it, say, for instance, if you're um, younger than 40 or older than 40. But the gist of it is basically I found out that given my age group, uh, I no longer have to go and get that FAA medical issued, the first class medical, on every six month basis. It is now good for me for 12 months, which was a huge relief. So I don't have to do that anymore. But Carl actually just went to get his medical renewed today. And there's some things about the process that have changed that kind of taken away the old, uh, the old paper way that we used to do it. And it's now all electronic. Uh, Carl, tell us about your experience today, and and uh, you know we can we'll talk as a group about how we've all had the opportunity or not had the opportunity to go through this new process. But there are some differences. Tell us tell us what you found today. Yeah, you know there there's quite a few differences, and and, and first of all, it, you know when you're when you're my age, you you don't have to worry about looking into the rules and figuring it out. You you basically have to go to the examiner often, and uh, there's uh, where you actually only have to go every twelve months. Right. By the way, another interesting change in that rule before I tell you real quick is uh, age sixty. If you're over sixty and you need an ATP, uh, you will have to get your medical every six months also. So you will do, need to do that. Uh, so that's another little change there for those of us uh, that are over sixty that need an ATP. But Getting back to what happened to me today, I went to get my medical, and as of it was October, we all, all of us, have to fill out our form to get our medical online. And that form that you're filling out, it's the FA form, the 8500-8 that you used to fill out by hand. It's all done online. And as a matter of fact, what I did is I went through the whole process, went to see my examiner, and the examiner I asked him lots of questions for this podcast, and I, I wish I had recorded it for this, but, but he, he wants me to relate a few things to, to everybody about the medical exam. But first, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the FA Med Express. 
uh, to find that website. And, and Len, you're going to put some links for this too on the, on the show notes. Yeah, because uh, some they're, of them are a little bit complicated, but uh, they'll always be in the show notes and in the enhanced feed. So if you're looking for them uh, and you don't have, um, you know, you haven't been there before, just access the website for this specific show episode and you'll find the links right there. And the uh, the link is actually medexpress.fa.gov, and they, they spell kind of funny. It's M-E-D-X and then press.fa.gov. But again, we'll have the links there. The person that uh, helped me go through this, uh, and he really did in detail, was John Delor- uh, Delorso. Uh, he's a doctor over there at the airport medical uh, yeah, uh, in, offices. In Newark. In Jav- yeah, in Newark. He also has an office in JFK. I tell you what, uh-huh. these guys are terrific. They are terrific, and uh, we'll put a link there, too. It's airportmedical.com, and he said if anybody has any questions about it, just uh, give them a call, and and uh, if you're flying through, say you're going through JFK or Newark, you can pop over to them and uh, actually get your medical done. Mm-hmm. So say you're traveling. You can just pop in there, and, and you'll get your medical done. Of course, you have to fill out the form online. Um, but uh, really interesting. First, let's go over the the registration. It's, really, it's super simple, guys. It's it's. You go online, you go to medexpressfa.gov, and you, you click on register. And what they're going to do is ask you a few questions as far as email address and social security number, that type of thing. And, and it'll actually send an email to you. And then when you get that email, then you actually are finally registered by clicking on uh, a link that they'll give you in that email. Now, the one great thing about filling out this form is that you can fill out the form and not worry about making mistakes because the form's always out there. And the form, it, it has little question marks next to everything. And if you click on the question mark, it'll pull up another page that, you know, that it'll explain things like male and female, if you have a question about that, what you need to put in there, uh, or something a little bit tougher as far as dates, you know, how you actually have to fill out the form there. Everything, everything's in there. So you fill out this form and you can save it. Say you don't have time to fill the whole thing out. Fill out a few things. You save it and you, you move on. Say you're waiting for a flight or you're sitting around and, and you have your iPad and you're filling out your, your medical form and someone says, hey, you need to come to dinner. Then you can go ahead and, and click on save and, and run, run into dinner. The other neat thing about this is the fact that there's another button underneath the save button while you're doing your form. And it's, it's actually will, will do edits for you. It'll edit everything. And uh, <laughs> embarrassingly enough, I, I thought I had everything done properly. And I passed over the point where it said, what type of medical are you applying for? And, uh, you know, that was the basic question. So I said, oh, I'm applying for a first-class medical. And also things like your name and that type of thing. So, so it actually comes back, it spits it back and says, okay, these are, your, these are wrong. So you need to fix those things. And, and so you go through it, you edit this. Now, here's something you have to uh, be aware of. When you do finish this form, there's, a, there's another save and submit button that's going to happen. That save and submit button, actually that goes to the FAA and then they basically have your record and now you really can't update that until you go to a medical examiner because that's the that form is actually what the medical examiner is going to use to look that up. Now how do they do that? They, in that form they give you this receipt okay, or a, 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 a number that actually it's a reference number which the medical examiner will use, and they'll pull up that medical using that reference number. So it's really, it's really simple. You, it, you click on it, you hit save, you submit. It actually has the actual 8500-8 form 
that whole thing that you used to fill out, it has a PDF file that you can print. At the bottom, it also has the reference number that the medical examiner will need to pull up that form. Here's an interesting thing. When you bring that form with you, you remember how you used to have to fill out everything? Uh, when you were at the doctor, you know, you had to fill out the whole form. You had, to, you had to check the boxes correctly, and you're sitting there for a couple minutes. That's done. You just hand this to them. They pull it up online, and then they start going through it with you. And what's interesting is he, he de described the whole process. That is considered basically like page one, the information that you filled out. He's got another page that's in there that's online, and that page has all the information that he needs to fill out during the medical exam. For instance, your blood pressure, your weight, uh, anything else that they found out during your medical, that all goes in there, you know, whether, you know, the past or failed, the, the EKG, that type of thing. So, does, and this all is kind of, it, it sounds really simple, but, but still with it being this way, it, it sometimes people do mess up. Uh, people make mistakes. That was one of my biggest fears. Um, I don't know, Len, have you ever made a mistake on your medical? Uh, the electronic one? No, I mean, I've, I've used electronic one only twice now. Um, the paper one, yeah, I mean, occasionally, but usually, I was always told, actually, in, in a long time ago, somebody once, one, I think it was one of my first couple of uh, medical exams, uh, the gentleman told me, whatever you're filling out today in this paper, save it. And when you come back for your next one, take this paper copy with you and just, you know, basically transfer the answers. That way you know what you answered last time and you know what's changed from this time. And one of the reasons I say what's changed from this time and last time is I've uh, had some issues with allergies. And at one point, I think I reported taking an over-the-counter um, subscription for allergy medication. And, you know, so you have to, they're very particular about what was on one application versus what was on the other. So for me, I always just had my old one with me, or I brought my old one with me when I went to do the current one. Um, so no, not necessarily. I think I've only filled, refilled one out essentially uh, one time, but the electronic one, I've only used that twice so far. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's actually really great because you can go on there and you can look at your form, see what you have out there, and you can actually view your account and uh, and and look at the form. It's really really cool. the 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 thing about it though is that if you do make a mistake, don't worry, uh, you can actually fix it later, and that's that's the other really cool thing. And you can actually just go in there and say, okay, I've I messed this up, and uh, my AME, he's got a your medical examiner, he will go in and he unlocks it. And he'll he'll fix it. So, for instance, say you forgot uh, that you had a heart attack, um, and then you didn't check heart attack. Well, you're like, oh, I forgot to do that. He'll go in and actually check that for you. Now, what's what's really interesting about this process? It makes it so much easier. Is the fact that when I was speaking, well, Doctor Delorso over there at the uh, airport medical offices, he said that this has been going. They've been using it for years. I mean, since like '05. They've been using this computer system. It's not necessarily new, right? No, no, no. it's not. It's it, not no, new. For, it's the fact that it's just recently the requirement has changed, required. where it's now mandatory that you submit via. But that's why I was saying I used it twice before. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I used it twice before. Once a few years ago, when a guy asked me because that's the way they did it, and then this most recent one because it was now the new standard. It must now be done online, which is actually why we're kind of having this conversation today on the show. Yeah, and, and I think it's great. I think it's so much easier to do this online, and it cuts down on the paperwork, et cetera, and, you know, obviously we're saving some trees. Uh, the other neat thing about it is I don't know if, 
last time you went, they actually printed, after you're finished with your exam and they complete everything, they printed this medical and the medical comes out on a piece of paper as opposed to that other form now. And you write, you actually sign your name on there. And on the back of it, it's a fold over piece where it actually shows you the uh, appropriate regulations that you must comply with. I thought that was kind of cool. And so you actually have to cut it yourself and then put it in your wallet or whatever you right. have. So that, that form's all completed. But, the, uh, but you say you've actually used this before. This is not your first time? Okay. Right. It's the, it's the second, uh, like I said, the second time. First time being when one gentleman said, this is all I do, and this year was, this is all uh, we'll accept now. This is the new standard. Um, it's kind of funny when you mention the first time that I actually did this and, you know, the gentleman printed my, uh, print, printed my medical, you know, on an inkjet printer and he handed it to me and I'm like, this doesn't look official. This doesn't feel <laughs> official. <laughs> you know, for all I know, I just went in, uh, on my, my, um, my multifunction machine over here and my scanner and scanned some things and filled in some numbers and, you know, really it feels, it feels like you issued it to yourself. So, uh, it's not that it's, it's not, uh, technically valid, but my first reaction was this feels like a forgery. Yes. Yes, exactly. But your name, you signed it and all that. I did. So. Sure. Yeah. And it's worked. I mean, it gets me where I got to go. Um, but let's, I uh, like it better. I, well, so you've used it, and I've used it. How about you, Rick? Have you had a chance to, have you been no, in just, any involvement with the well, new I system? Was I was just in there in September, and they said, now next year when you come, you'll have to do this uh, online. So I don't know when the line was. Was it October or whatever? But but yeah, I did the last one in paper, and then they said, you know, you're not going to get to do that again. Um, and, you know, I just want to ask this question. You know, hy hypothetically, when I was first, uh, you know, learning and, and starting out, there you know, you, no names mentioned. There are, you know, there are really good um, medical guys who, who really want to make sure one that you're safe, but also that they give you every opportunity to, to continue to fly if you can. And so there was a conversation I was told, or some things I was told early on, which was in the paper world, if you have a question, don't, you know, don't fill everything out in that questionable area and have a conversation. You know, this was that. This is the advice I was given. Um, so, so that you don't, you know, fill it out in a way that, you know, disadvantages you. And my concern about the online thing is when you hit submit, it even if it can get adjusted, it goes to the FAA, right? So right. Right. is that a concern? Do you guys get the concern I have, which is that in, in a dialogue one-on-one -on -one with paper and a guy across a desk, there might be some way to have a conversation about what is best for your, you know, best for you regarding your ability to continue to fly and, and if it's already been seen by someone and then you change it, what if you say, I had a heart attack, and then he takes that out because you had a conversation? That's... Turns out it wasn't a heart attack. Wink, wink, or whatever. I'm not saying he, anybody's going to cheat, but that doesn't happen, right? I mean, you can't do that anymore. Is that part of the reason they're doing all well, electronic? Well, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Rick. Yeah. And one, one of the things that, that he stressed, and this is one of the things I wanted to go over, is that the fact that if you do put down something wrong— it's you submitted this piece of paper. Yes, there of course is is some type of you know record of that. But they they fix these things often. You know people mess up and they put a little check mark where they shouldn't. In other words, if you checked yes, I had a heart attack and you didn't, and then the medical examiner during your exam says, by the way, you had a heart attack, and they said, no, I didn't have a heart attack. Well, you filled it out, 
Well, then he can go in and, and click on that, and then he'll save that, and that's what goes to the FAA. So they real there are, a, and this is what he had told me. There's there's quite a few mistakes in that people make, and then he changes that online. So the best thing to do in, in this case, from the understanding that I got from him and from everybody else that I've talked to, is if you don't know what to say in there, you know, just just put down that what you put down last time. You go to the doctor oh, and say, hey, listen, yeah. what, do, what do I do now? You know, do I report? Like, for instance, if I thought I, I had a chest cold and I maybe it was asthma, but it really wasn't asthma, leave it no. Ask him and say, here's here is what the examiner, this is what the doctor told me to do when I went in for my, my chest cold. Is that asthma? Oh, no, no, that's not asthma. That's just going to see, you know, the doctor about a cold, a chest cold. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Rick? Yeah, it does. And, and you know, okay. it's just, so, I just think you, yeah, I see what you mean. Fill it out from yeah. before, which is what was there when you passed, and then have a conversation. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Well, right, right. Yes. Um, this might be too, like, big brothery, like, you know, stalker FAA or whatever, but let's say you do fill it out, and you fill something out saying, for your example, that you had asthma. And then you go to the doctors and switch it. Is there, I wonder if there's any way that they could go back if you did have an accident caused by asthma or whatever, if they could go back and see what you originally put in. Well, I, I think that anything that you saved on a computer can stay out there yeah, in any type of history. Could. So I don't, I think they definitely could go back to, to, to view that. But uh, again, you know, uh, there there have been cases, and that's where the the horror stories come in, where people have actually had some type of heart issues, et cetera, and they didn't report it, and then found out later, and that's where they, you know, you actually, hey, you lied on this form, and that's that's not, you know, that that would be like you're saying, say you had asthma, it caused an accident, and you accidentally checked yes, but you really didn't, you know, that leads to the question, hey, were you actually lying on the form or not? That does look bad, of course, but no, I I don't. I don't think, from what he told me, it's it's not as big of an issue as you think. Uh, you know, obviously, though, if you want to fill out this form and have questions, there's going to be a dialogue, and this gets to to Rick's and your question, Vic, is that you should have a dialogue with your examiner prior to this. Because think about this: if you went into your examiner, and, and this was an issue I had, it's like, what if I don't know what to put down? And he, you call him on the phone and say you don't have time to call. You go in their office because they have computers. You could actually log on their computer, fill out the form. Of course, they don't want you doing that all the time, but log in, fill out the form, and then submit it. If you're worried about exactly what you're talking about, you know, filling out something improperly, then you can do it, fill it out, you know, uh, plug it through, and then they actually pull it down and they they actually submit it themselves. Does that is that answer your question, Vic? Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So what about something it, you might be yeah. unsure of? Can you just leave? Because I, I don't recall being able to leave a section or nope. an area blank and submit, you know, for instance, what we were just discussing, leave a blank and go to the AME, have that dialogue and then fill it in. But it doesn't I don't recall that being an option. It's like usual online form where all areas must be uh, must be completed before submission. But, and that's where when you're at your AME and if they have a, a computer, which they usually do, if you have a question, that, and that was his suggestion, you know, come into the office if you really have something to talk about. But a lot of what you can do with your AME, you can do over the phone, say, hey, listen, this is my issue. What should I put down on the form? Right. And you'll talk through it before you submit it at home, say, or even in their office. So that 
In other words, what you're doing is you're going to the office without the form filled out because when you submit the form, it goes in automatically, like very quickly, you know, the speed of light, you know, or sound or whatever, if you're, you know, a dial-up, but, but it's done and, and it goes right, right in and they can look it up online. So I think this is one of the issues that uh, a lot of folks have had in the past because he did mention this a few times. And, you know, if you've got an issue, then you really need to discuss it with your medical examiner possibly before you go. In reality, though, I think that for the most part, it won't be, there won't be many issues uh, because if you think about it, uh, what kind of questions would you have? Uh, things like, hey, I went to the doctor, I was diagnosed with asthma, and uh, do I need to, to report that? That's, that's a fairly straightforward one. And then if you get there, and they say, no, you don't have to report this because this, this diagnosis that you thought was asthma really wasn't asthma. I don't know how you can make that mistake, but you might, be a, you might make that mistake and they can change it back. Uh, but yes, that, that is one of the interesting things. One thing, too, though, about this reporting uh, is the fact that you have to report everything. And, and there are people that try to get around it, even with the, the forms, you know, doing them online. I mean, obviously, you can lie about it. Uh, but you do have to report everything. It's also another interesting thing that you need to do is you need to report anything that has happened, like an, an, an accident due to alcohol or any other type of arrest with alcohol that, uh, you, that's FAA reportable within 60 days. Um, if you haven't done that, and one of the, uh, and this has happened to a few people in the past, he, his advice, the doctor's advice, was to go right away to the FAA, you know, hat in hand, and say, listen, I had this arrest a couple of years ago, and this is what happened. I need to report it right away. I, you know, I, I didn't realize it was his reporting, and then they, you know, obviously, will send you a, a neat little letter and say, you know, th these are the things that can happen to you, including imprisonment, et cetera. But that's that's something that you know to scare you basically. But you know, you really again, you don't want to lie about these things. And and another interesting thing too is that. I think with the forms, the way they are, uh, you know, the, the doctor I spoke with, he's very much involved with rehab and uh, alcohol rehab and drug rehab. People are afraid to put those things down there or they're afraid to talk about it. But, you know, I, I think that a lot of folks don't realize that you can actually, if you have a dependency problem, you can, you can get that fixed and you can be back flying within a year, even with the airlines. And they have some really, really good uh, programs out there that get you back on your feet. Here's the other amazing thing. Just as you know, we're digressing a little bit on the on that side of things, but they had they have like a uh, like a three percent recidivism. In other words, ninety seven percent of the time they're successful with any type of rehab programs because that's that's something that a lot of people I think have problems with. If they go to to a, a, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, how do they report that? And again, I think I'm stressing this a couple times, is you really need to, to discuss that with your AME or a aviation medical examiner prior to going to see them. Now, I mean, you're even whole, you're even uh, really talking about, though, ta uh, having that conversation with the AME even potentially prior to yes. filling out the online form now at MedExpress. So we right, were talking right. about, in Rick's example, you know, you're used to in the paper format sitting down with the doctor face to face and saying, okay, these are some of the things going on. What's the correct way to handle this matter? Uh, but you're really stressing having that dialogue even before now you submit the online form. Right. And, and if you, 
And not only that, you can save everything. That's the other thing. If there's one question on one of those items, save everything else, go to your AME or call them on the phone, call them first, of course. And then if they says, come on and we'll discuss it, don't save it. Go in there, talk it over with them and say, hey, can I use your computer and save this and can we do the exam? And, and uh, it all depends on the AME. You know, you have to find out what they have, what facilities they have for you to jump on a computer. They'll, they might just do that for you. You will not have the ability, though, with the new online system to leave anything blank because it does edits. And it'll when you submit it, you, you it's submitted with all the edits done properly. So you can do that prior to, you know, show up at your AME without it completed. And uh, or give him a call. I, you know, his suggestion. I think most doctors would say, "Hey, give me a call or send me an email, and uh, and we'll discuss it uh, either prior to your coming in or mm -hmm. afterwards." And the other the other expectation is that you will be doing this. I mean, you've mentioned a couple of times the opportunity to, I would say, hopefully, have access to a computer at said doctor's office to be able to make some changes or make a submission. But that's definitely something that you uh, don't want to bank on being. The normal activity. I mean, the, the the intent of MedExpress is something that you do at home, and then you come with your confirmation and reference number or whatever they're referring to it uh, to the AME, and then and then go through that process. But there's, please do not expect out of this conversation about this new system that you'll be going to the AME, sitting down at a computer in the lobby and filling this out. That is simply not the case. They don't provide uh, most of them generally don't have those kinds of resources and that's essentially not the expectation. So I just want no, to put no. that out there because there, you know, that that has been expressed to me actually. I think it was on the second time that I did this. The gentleman's like, we, you know, you have to do this at home. We don't have a computer for you to do this here. So uh, mm -hmm. that's just something I wanted to throw out there as part of the process. Uh, don't don't have that expectation. Just, you know, it's it's to be done at home prior to your visit. Right, because and that that's that's I'm glad you brought that up because that's why you should first call your AME and discuss it with them. If they say, "Hey, you can come in and use our computer," that's great. Otherwise, you know, get it done online and then bring it in. Interestingly, though, just to to add to that, they do have access to MedExpress because right when you finish your medical, that's well, they what they're do. doing. Yeah, they that's do, but different. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not, they're not exactly. set up to necessarily receive every customer that comes through the door to use the uh, the computer. And, you know, the time and the resources that it takes to sit down and everybody and fill out that that form and process. But um, I had sent you earlier a couple of questions when you were at the AME. You asked me this morning, what questions do you have for him? Um, of the ones I sent you, because I'm not sure which ones you got answered, I won't ask them over the air. But knowing what I sent you, which ones did you get answered? Have we talked? Uh, I don't know if we've talked about all of them. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just I pulled up the list. Uh and uh, while I'm doing that, uh, Victoria, did you have a question? Oh, I didn't have a question. I just kind of wanted to point out, um, one, like, there's several catchy items that can confuse people. I think on the um, medical, I haven't done the online form yet, so I don't know. It's pretty close to the same, I'm assuming. Um, but my AME last time I went said something that always catches people and is a big flag for the FAA is the section where you check if you're nearsighted or farsighted. <laughs> and yeah. um, if you click, you know, far-sighted, thinking, oh yeah, I can see far or whatever, um, that that's a red flag for the FAA. So he says a lot of people um, put well, that wrong. So that's but, something to and watch out for. To, to expand on that, the uh, 
the actual question that people get wrong. It's interesting you said that because that was one of the things he brought up. Uh, and the, the actual question is, is this, is that uh, the, uh, let me find it here. But uh, if you use, uh, I think it's ha the one that has to do with, okay, here we go. Here's the question. It says, do you ever use near vision contact lenses while flying? That's near vision right contact and people check yes like me who would use near vision glasses but i don't use contacts and i'll check yes on that and you're right he said that is the one that most people get wrong when they bring it in and that's that's one of the challenges that people have had with the form is uh if because of the fact that if you use near vision contact lenses the fa has an issue with that the way he explained me is because and it makes sense that you can't see outside the window if you're wearing near vision contact lenses. It's for near vision, not far vision. Uh, and I think that's it. It, ha it doesn't have to do. I get there's another type of near and far vision type contacts. But if you're wearing just near vision contact lenses, you, you're not going to be able to see far. And that makes sense that they're going to have an issue with that. That's that's the one that I think that you're referring that's to. That's it. That's it. Because because I was going to check yes, because I I was going to make the same mistake. And, and says, do you ever, do you ever, because how many times do you actually read a sentence? You know, you don't read the whole thing, you read it. To me, it says, do you wear narrow vision lenses? And it says, no, I don't use narrow vision lenses, or yes, I do. I use some extra glasses for my near vision. And that's exactly uh, what I was going to put. And then I realized, wait a minute, what's the C word? Oh, contact. No, 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 I don't wear contact lenses. So you check no there. And that actually has been, been one of the challenges. So that's... Uh, it's interesting you said that because that was actually Len had a, a question for the uh, AME, and well, you know what kind of challenges have they right, encountered, yeah. and that's a big one. And uh, what'd you say, Rick? Or, uh, yeah, no, I was just touching upon that was the uh, one of the questions. I was trying to find the other ones that I sent. The other questions you had is, uh, you know, the acceptance rate, and I think uh, by that I had asked him how many people. I think what your your I think what you meant by the question, the way I asked it was, have people been filling it out properly, the form? Is that what you meant to ask or no? Yeah, part of it properly. Part of it have, have been people been uh, resistant to, not that you have a choice now, but, you know, resistant, resistant to the new online form. You know, we have a section of the population who may be elderly, who may or may not possess a computer to even do something like this. And so, you know, kind of the acceptance rate of, uh, the intent was, you know, how, how is it, what, what kind of complaints have they been hearing? Well, he, he did comment on that, the pilots, or how are the pilots taking to it? And, and uh, he said that you, you have to, and you know, I have to preface this by the kind of pa patients or, excuse me, you know, uh, people that come into him for medical exams is the, the fact that most of them are airline pilots and they're people that are kind of computer savvy if you're going to go see them. You know, during your downtime, you're, he's at the airport. So he sees a lot of professional pilots, the majority. And those people already have to have a computer to work on because everything that's, for instance, if they're working for an airline is on the computer nowadays. So they have access to a computer. So he really said, he said, no, he hasn't had much of a, an issue there. And that's, that was my interjection was, the, is that because of all the people that are here are, are professional? He said, well, they're not all professional pilots. But uh, the majority of people are do have computers, and, and they've taken to this. Mm -hmm. uh, you, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought that up. Another 
uh, thing about this. Oh, this is something I ran into, is that if you're on a computer at the library, say you don't have a computer and you want to fill this out, uh, there's there's some issues with actually doing the printout, where sometimes it'll you know say, hey, if you are on a computer, uh, on a public computer, don't save this form, that type of thing. And I had a little problem printing the actual actual forms there. You know, the it was it blanked out the screen, and uh, I finally figured it out later. But that's one of the things that they do go over in this is if you're at a library at a public location, you know, please don't save this form. But the problem is. When I went to print the form, it would it printed, but it printed a, a sheet of, of black. It was all black when I printed it, so it was told everything was blanked out. And I was like, okay, this is great. You know, this doesn't help me at all. So, so that's something I, I actually didn't get a chance to, to speak with him about is is why does that happen and why am I having an issue? Because what I had to do is I had to click on download the form. When it downloaded the form, the completed form, it was in a PDF format. I took that form or that downloaded form and printed it from that PDF format, but I couldn't actually view it online and then print it out. So that may be an issue with some of the printers at, at some of these places. So there's a, uh, and, you know, getting back to your question, Len, as far as how people are taking to it, he said, yeah. you know, obviously really well. And uh, the AMEs, because uh, he works with a couple of different ones in this transition period, that was another question. Uh, I looked at him, I said, hey, you know, how's the transition going? And he looks at me and says, what do you mean transition? I've been doing this for five, six years. You know, it's the same thing. You know, I was like, oh, I get it. You know, for, from his viewpoint, there isn't much of a transition yeah. at all. There isn't yeah. any. And right. that makes sense. Uh, other than he, he likes it. I mean, he likes the fact you just print out the form and, and uh, it does come out better. You know, those, mul those multi-part forms that they print on, I, I don't think they look as good. I think it looks better on the, on the uh, actual uh, laser printer. And uh, I use, you know, that Sporty's uh, uh, or uh, the AOPA Pilot from uh, their wallet, you know, with the mm -hmm. insert. And uh, I, my other one used to, the the printing actually used to stick to it sometimes, you know, the plastic. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I used to do is always take my old medical and put it in front of my new medical so it wouldn't stick. And uh, so, but it still did that. But this one doesn't do that because it's, you know, done with the laser printer. Well, that, that's another, I think, a benefit to all this. <laughs> and the only, you know what, I'm going to point this out as to be really the only benefit is the fact that it doesn't stick to Carl's ID holder anymore. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being selfish. <laughs> so I hope that, yeah, yeah, Len, from all this, that is from like all, the that, only. That's the takeaway. Right? You heard this. <laughs> that, that is the takeaway. If you have my one takeaway. doesn't stick to my to, AOPA wall. Yeah, for all anymore. of you out there, just so you know, that's, the, that's it. <laughs> It's nothing to do with you. It's that it doesn't hurt Carl. Yeah. Wow. It does, doesn't hurt me. But I'm sure there's other people that have the same issues. So yeah. You, it, it, come on, Len. <laughs> <laughs> this, it, it really, you know, these, these are little things, you know, when you're pulling it's, out your medical and everything life, like that. I, I get you. you know, it's life's little pleasures. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. I, uh, but... But getting back to this again with the the um, the, the the guide the, that's on there, there is a way that you can go in there and do some uh, some training. There's also a way to uh, get questions answered, uh, and that's uh, by sending them an email. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's a really long and convoluted email. I won't even try to uh, to describe it to you, but just it's a typical 
uh, government type FA email, you know, it's like nine dash national dash AVS, you know, that type of thing, or you can pick up the phone to one 800 number. And that's actually 24 seven. If you shoot the email, it's only like, like at central time, it's like six to five or something like that, mm-hmm. that they answer it. Did and, you, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, as far as, and when you do call these people, that's the other thing too, is that they, uh, they really can't consult you as far as the actual medical information. If you're asking them, how do I fill out the date? They can answer those questions, but they can't give you any advice when you call that number. You actually have to call your AME. Yeah, it's more tech tech support. Yeah. 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 Um, What I was going to ask you as we kind of wrap up this discussion on the new MedExpress is because I don't, when I used it for the first time, it's been a couple of years from when I set up my account. Did you had uh, was this the first time that you registered and set up your account yep. uh, for this? Mm-hmm. Um, how difficult did you find that to be? It was super easy. Okay. I mean, it was it was just a a couple clicks, and they send the information, a link, and uh, to my email. I click on that link. I'm registered, and it just it takes no time at all. Um, the other, you know, the other thing that I would stress in this process. And, and and let's not just concentrate on the med express, just the the medical in general. If you're going through any type of medical issue uh, right now, or have in the past, or you think you will in the future, you, you really you should talk to your examiner about this uh, prior. Say you're getting some type of surgery, uh, then you know there there are certain things that you really don't have to worry too much about. For instance, say you're having some plastic surgery. done, that probably won't be an issue. Uh, but if you're having other type of surgery, you know, maybe even gastric bypass, you just talk to your medical examiner and say, hey, listen, you know, is this going to affect my medical in any way? I think there's going to be, there should be, even without this form being filled out prior to your coming in, uh, you know, in the old days, you would talk to them when you get there. I think, I think we're becoming, we're going to have to become more proactive in the way that we look at our medical and fill out our medical, like, like Rick was saying there before, is that you know they you can't just leave a blank form now you're going to actually have a little more interaction with your doctor your medical examiner mm-hmm. and i think that's that's some i think that's good in some ways uh, we also need to uh you know when we we go to the doctor and and get diagnosed for something you know tell them hey listen i'm a pilot so make sure that we do write down everything that's happening here with me mm-hmm. uh and that cuz they're going to ask you for these records and and if you give them that heads up then they understand they're going to have to work with something in the future. Not that most doctors don't do that anyway, but it's really important. So FA Med Express, I've become a fan of it. Uh, when I have issues with a medical issue, I have actually emailed my medical examiner in the past and multiple medical examiners, as, as a matter of fact, and they have gotten back to me and given me some type of advice as to what to do and how to fill that out. Usually it's a very quick answer. And if you say, hey, listen, I had... Uh, a nose job done, what do I need to do? And they'll say, don't worry about it. There is one comment that he made on this form, um, and uh, it's an opinion, and it's my opinion also, is I wish they didn't ask you, uh, have you ever seen a physician in the past three years? Uh, I think the form should really say, have you ever seen a physician, uh, had a medical uh, a physician appointment or seen a physician in the past since you've had your last medical? Because if you think about someone like myself, every six months I'm going to the doctor, yes. getting a medical. And, and that's where it leads into, 
you know, I better have a copy of this thing and, and keep it online. The nice thing about it, though, I now have a downloaded PDF file that I keep in, a, you know, my own little Dropbox folder, and I can look that up later to see, hey, did I go to the doctor two years ago, that type of thing. And they don't want you to put down, you know, if you went to the dentist, that type of thing. Well, so that's something to keep in mind. It's funny you mention that because that's actually one of the, I mean, you may laugh, but the reality is I can't remember how many doctors I may or may not have seen in the last three years. I mean, I, I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. And it's hard. Like I sit down and that's one particular question. I'm always like, uh, I don't remember. I mean, I had a sniffle. Uh, does that count? You know, and, and, you, and you wonder what those levels are. But um, yeah, it's been it. I enjoyed MedExpress. Uh, Carl, you sounds like you like it. It's I mean, love oh, it or yeah. hate it. So far, you love it. I like it a lot. I mean, I think it's great. I have a downloadable form. It's easy to use. I, I hit save. I Oh, and, and I have to mention this. You have to get your medical done within 60 days. And, uh, you know, they suggest you doing it within 30 of actually submitting the form. And any medical examiner can pull it up. It's, it's uh, you know, for someone like you and I who travel a lot, we can save it online and pop into any airport that we know that has a medical examiner and they can complete the medical yeah. for you. I think that's cool. I've and, I've uh, I've flown with some people that on an overnight in the middle of random nowhere Kentucky rented a car and drove two hours to <laughs> to go somewhere to get a medical or renew their CFI. I mean, just sometimes you got to do what you got to do when you're on the road. But, oh yeah, and you know, just just a quick thanks to Doctor Deloso for taking time to speak with us uh, over there at the uh, the airport medical offices at, at Newark Airport. They also have one at JFK, and yeah. it's airportmedical.com. Boy, these guys, they're great. And uh, they the neat thing is they'll actually sit there and they'll talk to you. And uh, the only thing I, I don't didn't like about him is he 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 uh, told me that I have to lose weight because <laughs> I'm getting fat. <laughs> I said I fat, said your but, hair was your hair was looking a little shaggy well, when I saw you last week. I didn't think you were looking extra portly. <laughs> well, that's what I did afterwards. I got a haircut, so I lost weight. Yeah, well, I, you know, oh. it does. It makes you it makes you look skinny. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah. Victoria, Med Express, love her to hate it. Oh, there she is. She the crickets are chirping. The fireplace <laughs> is burning, and we've uh, lost her. <laughs> I'll put some I'll put some quiet, soothing music in here when I added it. And and crickets <laughs> and some crickets. Um, I, and I don't have an opinion because I haven't used it you yet. You haven't but, had a chance to use but it. I but am, I was, you know, I, I am, was actually going to ask you: Had you registered yet, or even no, not at yet? It? I, I because I just finished, but I, I will, and um, you know, I'll probably talk to some people, and make sure I'm adequately prepared ahead of well, time. Well, there she is. She just she just sent us a message. She says, "I'm here." Med Express. Can I hear you? Love it or hate it, Victoria. No, we cannot hear you. We can okay. see, see words, but we can't hear you. All right, we're going to go with she likes it. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'll find out later on if I'm right or wrong. Oh, she's typing. Oh, she's not used it. Okay, Victoria's not used it. This is a fascinating low-tech podcast. That's right. We are now <laughs> resorted to online instant messaging for our <laughs> and we will, responses. We will read all the messages as she sends them. And she'll okay. use it next month for the first time. Got it. So, Rick, did I answer your questions? I hope I did. Yeah, that was good. No, it's good. It's 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 not to be feared, but you know, be prepared. Ask questions ahead of time. That answers that question, and and uh, yeah, no problem. And you know, like I said, the guys I've been to all really they're pilot they're pilots, and they you know they want there to be pilots. <laughs> they want you to be safe, but they also want to make sure that you know there mm -hmm. are there are for me there were, I never felt like I was with with someone who's who uh, was a kind of gotcha person looking to right. find a problem. So, that's what I know. 
I think I just heard somebody. I think I just heard a redhead breathing on a microphone. Are we back? <sighs> there she is. Oh, my glasses just fogged up. <laughs> I'm powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did have one more question. If Uh-oh. you don't have a moment, yeah, go for it. Um, if you have a special issuance, is there any question on there for that in regards to your special issuance medical? Uh, there is. Uh, you actually have to keep the soda or the uh, any the type. Excuse me, the, the special. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep your Coca Cola with you. I uh, call it Pop. Uh, I'm from Michigan. Pop. Oh, that's right. You're from Michigan. The Pop. The uh, the yeah. If you have a, a special issuance, say okay that uh, you have to actually keep that with that certificate uh, yep. to exercise the privileges. So yes, you do need to, to do that. By the way, it's it. two pages, eight and a half by eleven. Not mm-hmm. easy to keep in your wallet. No, no. Well, you, you don't have a wallet. You have a purse, so it should be pretty simple. Ha! But, uh, oh, <laughs> you know, an in- interesting thing about this whole form, which I always think is scary, is the way the government describes things. It, it, if anybody's seen the new form, on the back they say, you know, understand the issuance of this medical certificate by the FA or the AME may be reversed by the FA within 60 days. It's like, oh, great, you know, I didn't need to know that. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of scare you into, hey, listen, you know, you, you, need to, you need to do this correctly, just like Rick was saying. Yeah. But, no, it does describe that. Like you said, Victoria, it describes all that now on the back half or the fold-over piece of your medical, you know, what you have to bring with you. So you'll have to have your special issuance with you at that time. And it fits in your purse. Or it yes, it does. Your, if you're a man, man uh, your satchel. Nice. You know, your satchel. Indiana, Indiana Jones had it carried a satchel. Yes, he did. Uh, but I digress. So, uh, that's Med Express. Love her to hate it. We all love it. Two of us haven't used it. One of us is getting to. Victoria, you have to report back actually on, on an upcoming show what your thoughts are when you do finally get to use it. Yeah, we'll do. And, uh, I'd I, love to hear the horror stories or the, or the, or any, any type of stories from people that are listening that have used Med Express. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah, that's true. There could be some horror stories. I've had good success and so far so good. Our picks of the week. Hey, let's move along to our picks of the week. Uh, starting with Miss Victoria, since she was uh, nodding off at the fireplace. Let's hear your lovely voice. Tell us hey. about your... I know you weren't really nodding off. Um, you know, technical difficulties. It happens. But anyway, that's... we haven't heard your beautiful voice in a while. So let's listen to your pick of the week. Um, my pick of the week is an event or a person or just something really cool I wanted to share. I had the honor of speaking with uh, Colonel Pam Melroy. Um, she is a female astronaut. Uh, did uh, two? She was the pilot for two missions going to the space station. And her third mission, she was the mission commander. And only uh, two females have been uh, commanders of um, a space shuttle mission. So um, that was really neat. She's coming to our Women Fly It Forward event in Frederick, Maryland on March 9th. She'll be doing presentations in a a corporate aircraft hangar at 11 and 2. It is a must-see. And if you can't make it out there and want um, to meet an astronaut yourself, host a Women Fly It Forward event during Women of Aviation Week, and uh, we can try to help get an astronaut at your event as well. Well, That's pretty cool. Yeah. She was awesome. Way to go. So I'm really looking forward to it. That will be cool. It will be very cool, actually. Maybe Carl and I will be there to meet your astronaut. And hold chairs. Yes. And what? And hold chairs. Thank you. I'm not. No, no, no. I'll find something more exciting to do. Moving on. uh, Let's see. Rick, your pick of the week. Yeah. um, 
My pick is something uh, that I've had for a while, but and I know a lot of people have either heard of this company or or have them have them already. Um, uh, Shaden sun uh, sunglasses flip ups is what I have. Uh, they have a, they have quite a range of stuff. Mine are um, prescriptions with the, the sunglass flip up, which I, I found very helpful um, early on. You know, in in a, adjusting to different conditions while flying. Um, and uh, they're very, they're very cool. They're very well made. But the reason I wanted to bring them up, uh, first of all, was um, recently I was I just used them as my sunglasses, and I was driving um, for yeah for the Thanksgiving uh, vacation, and the um, sunglass part of one side just sort of fell out in the car, it just dropped up because they they are held together with with these very tiny screws, and it had gotten loose, and I hadn't really seen that happening, and whatever. Sent them an email, and they responded immediately. With yeah, you know, and I actually sent a picture of the of what I had, and they said, "Yep, we'll send we'll send the screws right out." You know, I could have probably shipped it to them to to have them do it, but it, it's really not no need for that, um, except for the problem of finding a small enough screwdriver. But I digress. Um, anyway, they were great, and they responded right away, and I got the thing, and you know, no big deal. And I've heard the same thing from other people that they, you know, like lenses. You know, I, I believe they do the same thing. You know, you lose one, like I had say that had fallen out and gotten broken or scratched or something. I believe they would have just sent me one. So um, anyway, great company. And and I wanted to just sort of give them a shout out and mention that if you haven't heard of them, it's, it's worth it to check them out online. And they are going to start offering um, av- an aviator watch. And that'll be available in the fall of, of uh, 2013. And it looks very cool. So that's also on their website. And I, f- I found that that just got announced re- semi-recently. So um, a very cool company. Go check them out. Shaden, excellent. Yes. Shaden. Yeah. Shaden. And if you want to see them modeled, uh, Rick, you can look at uh, your videos. As a matter of fact, yeah, they, quite a few times. They're in there a number of times, and um, I believe Ariel <laughs> Ariel Tweedo, a much more interesting person to look at than me, um, is wearing them also in in the catalog. So she's a ah. she's a, a spokesperson for them now too. So, uh, yeah, they're it's a it's a they, they do a good job, and they have a range of other things. They didn't start out just doing this, but uh, yeah, check them out. Uh, well, my pick of the week is a relatively new aviation blog uh, uh, run by a gentleman. His name is Brent Owens. Mr. Owens is a longtime aviator. Uh, he's been flying for, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna botch this, roughly, let's just say roughly 30, 30 years or so, has almost 10,000 hours of flight experience. His flight experience ranges from um, flight instructing, flying uh, jets for a corporate fractional company and also just recently, like I said, started this aviation blog in the month of September 2012. Uh, the address is iflyblog.com. It's kind of a, you know, it's it, it's a another aviation blog from a perspective of an individual with, like I said, 10,000 hours. He's an aircraft owner. He just finished building and completed, excuse me, completed building an RV-8. He's owned a couple of other aircraft uh, in the past. He has uh, six or seven type ratings in corporate jets. So it's a very interesting blog to, uh, you know, right now they're they're basically 500 to 1,000 word uh, blog posts with some, you know, some additional media in, in, uh, embedded in there. And it's kind of, um, you know, it's just, it's a great new blog out there regarding aviation and issues and, you know, from one pilot's perspective. And I recently sat down with uh, Mr. Brent Owens, and we did a special features interview, which will probably be coming out in a couple of episodes, I'm guessing probably after 
uh, the beginning of the new year, 2013. But iFlyBlog.com, I think you guys should check it out. You'll thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, Carl, your pick of the week. Well, then, you know, the uh, my pick of the week is also a bit of a call to action, too. And I'd love for everybody listening to go to this website. It's called the Commemorative Air Force, commemorativeairforce.org, and we'll have a link to that. Just take a look at that website, but also look at the organization itself. There's one thing that I we became involved with over at Sun and Fun, and that was interviewing a lot of the World War II vets, specifically the women air service pilots. You know, the Commemorative Air Force, what they've done is, we've done this on radio, we've preserved history. They've done it by actually flying pieces of history and keeping our aviation history alive by flying B-29s, B-25s, all these historic aircraft. They have over 150 warbirds that they fly. And this is a, a tremendous organization that is involved with education and also in getting people to fly in these airplanes that were, say, old World War II vets. Or you can, if you want to, through donation, actually fly in one of these aircraft. They're wonderful at air shows. These birds are truly beautiful to see. And what you can do, actually, to help preserve this part of our history, you could actually go out there and, and help by maybe just purchasing uh, a subscription to their magazine, purchase one of their items, a hat, a shirt. There's, there's different levels of contribution. And, and if you could just take a look at that website, you don't have to do anything. Just take a look, see if you're inspired by their story. And, and I think you will be, and you'll be inspired by, by what they've done by preserving these, these, you know, over 140 aircraft. Again, that's the commemorativeairforce.org, a terrific organization. I'm sure almost every one of us has seen one of their airplanes flying. They do just a great job restoring and preserving our aviation heritage. I'd love to go for a ride in any of them. <laughs> well, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, well, maybe you will. Maybe you can. You can actually donate well, and you can do that. Well, yeah, I mean... For a certain uh, financial contribution, anything can be accomplished in life. Yes, that's true. No matter what it is, if it's a ride in a commemorative Air Force aircraft or, uh, you know, if you need somebody to disappear, you know, money, it's, it helps. The After Landing Checklist. Um, anyway, nice. moving, <laughs> moving along, uh, Victoria, share with the uh, listeners your contact information. All my contact information is on my blog, toriaflies.blogspot.com. Uh, uh, yeah, Carl. Uh, the best way to find me is on my blog, expertaviator.com, or at my uh, podcast, aviationcareerspodcast.com. And according to your doctor now at the gym. Yeah, at the gym, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Nice. <laughs> uh, Rick, your contact. Felty on Twitter, rdfelty on YouTube, and rotationspeed.com. And... And I am Len Costa on Twitter, also Stuck Mike Avcast on Twitter and Facebook. The website, stuckmikeavcast.com. We talked about the email. We talked about the voicemail. That's all we've got for you today. From myself, Len Costa, Rick Felty, Carvalary, Victoria, Zyko. Thank you all for tuning in to episode number 38 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. We wish you guys all clear skies and calm winds. Take care, everybody. Okay, guys, everyone ready to sing the song? Yeah, I'm ready. Great. Now, remember, it's almost Christmas, and nobody has any pod-safe Christmas music. So uh, that's your motivation here. Uh, Cece Chapman, you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. And uh, Lynn and Nora from Jawbone, good to go? Let's do this! And uh, Adam Curry, Skyping in from the helicopter flying somewhere above your golden palace. You all patched in there, Adam? 
Adam. Adam! Okay, pretty good guys, except uh, Adam, you sounded a little bit like you were rushing it there at the end. Uh, you know what I mean, buddy? Whatever, dude. Alright, well, I can't say I care for the attitude, but, you know, just pay attention next time. Now, uh, the rest of you, I just wanted to go over... Adam. Adam, did you say something to me? No. Huh. That's funny, I thought I heard you say something. No, I didn't! Look, I don't want to go through this with you again. We're here to sing a song about Pod Save Christmas music, and I, I just want everyone to do their best, you know? I mean, can you just give me a little effort? <laughs> Shut up, Cece. Adam, just give me a little effort, okay? Adam? Adam? Adam! Jesus, what? Nice job, you guys. Really, you nailed it. Dang, nailed it. You nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, not too shabby. Nailed it. I don't want to speak too soon, but uh, we may have saved Christmas. And special thanks to you, Adam, for paying attention. Yeah, screw you. Yeah. Well, I'll see you tomorrow at rehearsal. Yeah, you'll see me tomorrow at rehearsal. been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Abcast is an aviation podcast brought to you by thepilotreport.com, a Len Costa production.